how much is it going to matter that the Oklahoma Sooners turned over so much of their roster over the last two years? Well, Brent Venables likes what he's seeing so far in Norman. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. And Josh, we got a big, big media day from the Oklahoma Sooners. Brent Venables and 20-plus uh, new additions to the Oklahoma Sooners. And that's a wild thing to think. Between the transfer portal class, the recruiting class, what, 25, 26 new guys in Norman, Josh? I mean, just a great day to uh, be a part of the media and just be content creators in the Sooner sphere. Yeah, it's a great day to be an Oklahoma fan, too. You get to hear from your head coach and all of these these new faces. So, yeah, there's a lot of sifting through, and we're just kind of at the you know, very tip of the iceberg in that respect. The next uh, couple of days and over the weekend and into next week will be fun to really kind of wrap our minds around everything that we heard and learned and the players that we, you know, saw and met uh, today. So it's exciting though. So let's start with the first thing and that's the roster turnover because it was mentioned in the media appearance that 53 of the 76 guys that were on that uh, Alamo bowl, roster versus Oregon back at the end of the 2021 season are no longer in Norman. Now you have 23 new guys or 23 guys that remain. And as we mentioned, you have 20 plus new additions to the roster just mid year, you know, heading into the 2023 off season. So just kind of initial takeaways from that. Like, what does that mean? And is that part of some of the, some of the doubt or the concern that might be following the Oklahoma Sooners as we, hope to rebound from a six and seven season well yes but i you know i think it means that honestly oklahoma's and brent venables a ways down the road on its retooling of the roster project you know a lot of this was oklahoma wanted to do this right wanted to get new faces in and take the have the program take the shape of brent venables and this staff so to me Obviously, uh, you sit here and you look at it and you say, "Okay, well, there's only 23 folks, I guess, that have kind of been around here and done that with Oklahoma. Right. Which means there's a lot of new. There's a lot of uh, young faces in the program. But it's also, again, exciting in that respect that, John, now the division of Brent Venables and this coaching staff, it's here. It's on campus. Now, it might take maybe one more trip around the sun for it to truly, truly beat Brent Venable's squad, but man, we're not far away, which to me, I hear that. And I mean, that's a, it's, it's a, I don't know if alarming is the right word, John, but it's a staggering number. When you hear 53 uh, players out of 76 are are no more at Oklahoma. So to me, uh, it it means also that it's, it's time to be better than six and seven because it, it, it's your guys. 
Yeah, I think it's both a a positive thing and a negative thing. A negative thing in that you don't have the the veteran depth that you'd like to have from you know years past and having played you know several more years of college football. But it's also a good thing in that a lot of that veteran depth is either in the NFL or gone because they just weren't good enough. They weren't going to be a fit for what you're trying to build in Norman. And and, and while there's a you know been a lot of kind of the the processing of players uh, in particular in the defensive backfield i mean nobody's really missing a lot of those guys you know you only had a couple players from the sooners be able to go and land a, a d1 spot in the transfer portal david aguebu was one and then i'm gonna blank on the other one who ended up with arizona state uh, but you had you know two players out of a big group of you know transfer departures find d1 homes uh, or sorry power five homes i should say not d1 homes power five homes because you had several guys get group of five homes and that's that's you know go play where you can play but then you did lose a lot of guys to the nfl back after the 2021 season you lost guys like nick bonito and Perion winfrey and isaiah thomas like big key contributors and then heading into the you know after the 2022 season again you lost key contributors to the nfl and to the nfl draft process so you could probably what chalk up 10 to 15 of those guys were NFL bound, uh, maybe more of those that were undrafted free agents, maybe closer to 20 that were undrafted free agents that just didn't stick, but you lost a lot of dudes. And so you're looking at if 20 guys were NFL, you know, processing or graduation, and then you had another, what is that? 36 dudes that were transfer portal or graduation, you know, somewhere in that realm, then you, then it kind of makes a little bit more sense, especially as we saw in, in 2022 that they just weren't good enough as a team. They had to do something. And we've talked about that a lot on the show through the transfer portal cycle is they had to do something to improve the talent and the depth. And Brent Venables minced no words when he said, we improved the depth. We added impact players. We have more impact players than we did this time a year ago. We have more depth this then we have more depth right now than we did this time a year ago. And this felt like a different Brent Venables, a Brent Venables who I feel like was playing the politician a little bit in his first year in Norman. Uh, you know, not necessarily saying that things had to be bet, didn't have to be better or guys had to be better and guys had to play better, but he hasn't laid back on this idea that, Hey, we're better than what we were. And I, and I think that that's okay. Like it's okay to say, because I think a lot of us think this, like a lot of us think, okay, with the talent that they brought in both in the transfer portal and the recruiting class, they look better on paper. Now the proof will be in the pudding when they get on the field in big 12 play in 2023, but so far so good. And, and I honestly, I like the approach that Brent Venables is taking like, Hey, listen, what we had wasn't good enough. We got to be better in every facet as a program. We think we are better in several facets here, especially on the talent acquisition side, the depth side. And the depth is a huge part of that puzzle, especially on the defensive side of the football. And I think he's really hitting it on the head, hitting the nail on the head on that one. They are better because they've got more depth. They've got more talent and they're going to be better than they were a year ago. Well, and Brent Venables and his coaching staff should feel like we've got the full year under our belt to really start implementing what we want to implement. So we talk about just the, massive roster turnover what was the what was the phrasing 
the roster overhaul. Is that uh, is that what Venable said? And yet, here's here's a quote that's kind of interesting. With all of that being said, John, quote: We have a veteran group who can, who can teach the newcomers now. End quote. So, you know, as much overhaul as there is, Brent Venables also feels like okay, but we've got the right group of veterans, right? Maybe not forty or fifty of those guys, but uh, we've got. 20-some-odd veterans that we feel really, really good about what they're doing in, in key spots, right? You know, I think about just uh, Brent Venables going to bat for Danny Stutzman last season after, well, the podcast on the Prairie Gate, I guess, is what we refer to for Danny Stutzman. I mean, Coach Venables was the first guy, John, that stepped up and said, well, hang on a second here. Stutzman has had a, a really pretty good season. Could it be better? Do I want more? Of course, I want him to continue to grow, but he's been pretty good, so – that's your quote-unquote quarterback of your defense. You got your quarterback offensively back, right? So there's there's some key returnees that, yeah, they they can be the veteran group to teach this large roster overhaul, this group of newcomers. Yeah, and there's so much more to sift through in this because there were, I mean, Brent Venables, anytime he talks, he's always a goldmine for information. And then there were a ton of player interviews as well that we'll, we'll touch on a few of those things. We're not going to be able to get through all of them tonight or, or some of the highlights, but we'll definitely – take some of our kind of top takeaways from the day. We'll continue to discuss that after Josh talks to y'all about FanDuel. FanDuel.com backslash locked on where you can make every moment more. We've been telling you first $5 bet, win or lose, you're getting $150 in free bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Obviously we have transitioned away. Football season is is in the books, but hey, those future bets, they'll be along in short order. NBA, full go. NHL, full go. Those playoff seasons, again, I keep saying it, sneaking up. And FanDuel, they have all of your favorite bets from money line, point spreads to uh, some props mixed in there as well. So uh, check it out. Go get their all-in-one app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, and make every moment more with FanDuel, the uh, official sportsbook partner well, of the National Football League and, and right here, the uh, the Locked On Network with us, FanDuel.com backslash Locked On, again, where you can make every moment more. Any other big, uh, wide-ranging takeaways from the, the Brent Venables press conference and availability and, I don't know, parade of new covers that was? Well, let's talk, uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks because you mentioned the quarterback of the defense. Let's talk the quarterbacks of the offense, the quarterback. Sorry, so obvious of a statement. Uh, but... Brent Venables had a really interesting quote about Jackson Arnold and uh, our guy Parker Thune caught this and, and shared it on, on Twitter at Parker Thune he says he's a doer. He's ambitious. He's not waiting on anybody. He's not waiting to be great. He's at the back of the line right now, but probably not for long. And I thought that was interesting in, in combination to a really great question that John Hoover asked about sitting behind Dylan Gabriel and kind of having to wait his turn, so to speak. And, and, Arnold gave a great answer. He's like, you know, my sophomore year at Denton Geyer, I had to sit behind the starting quarterback on the varsity team and not really get to practice much, not, you know, be in a situation where I was preparing for, you know, game day or getting really to play um, under the lights and how that really has kind of helped him be able to accept the idea that, Hey, I'm going to have to, I'm going to sit and learn under Dylan Gabriel. It really helped me. He, he even mentioned like sitting under the quarterback, Eli, whoever it was uh, at Denton Geyer, sorry. Um, how that really helped inform him as a quarterback and prepare him for taking on the role as a starter. And you saw his junior year, 
He was fantastic. Helped get Denton Geyer to the state championship game. And then again, had a break and, you know, just a, I can't even call it a breakout, but a phenomenal uh, 2022 season off season, summer football season for Geyer where, I mean, he got all the accolades uh, and how he thinks like, okay, it worked out really, really well for me to sit behind a guy and learn and just process and go through all the, everything I need to go through and figure out what I need to do and then step into the starting role. And he's going to get that same opportunity here uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners and sitting behind Dylan Gabriel. And so I think, I think that's relevant. One, what Brent Venable said and that he's not going to sit behind anybody and he's not going to be waiting to be great. He's going to go and be great right now at the same time that he kind of has the humility to understand, like they have an established starter. It's Dylan Gabriel. I'm going to sit behind him and learn. And he said as much, you know, months ago as well when he was interviewed, but the, the, there's, there's an and both, you know what I mean? Like he's going to do everything he can to be great now while also understanding a little bit of the hierarchy of things that he is behind Dylan Gabriel. And that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with a both situation. The best case scenario for Oklahoma is that he does sit behind Dylan Gabriel all year because Gabriel stays healthy and Gabriel plays really, really good football. Uh, and so that, I thought that was really, really interesting. And that also Brent Venable said he's not going to be sitting at the back of the line for very long. He's going to work his way up the depth chart. No, it's a, it's a good sign on all fronts. Obviously you got somebody in Jackson Arnold that appreciates the, well, appreciates, like you said, sort of the, the due process, the, the order of things and the fact that, Hey, he's fortunate to have somebody like Dylan Gabriel, to learn from and then oh by the way you got a head coach who's telling you yeah this freshman without as many just obvious verbatim words john he's basically telling you yes like you like you've heard this freshman eh, a little bit different maybe right i mean is that fair to say are you reading into those comments in that fashion oh yeah 100 percent. like it's it's rare to get a coach to talk about a true freshman in that light and, you know, I, I think you go back to like the Lincoln Riley days, right? When it was like, I think Lincoln Riley did everything he could to kind of like almost beat him down a little bit and not, not boost him up, not talk positive, not talk too positively about the backup or the guy that's coming in. You know, he would always kind of try and, I don't know, tamper expectations, so to speak. And, uh, Brent Venables is doing nothing of the sort. He's like, Hey, all those expectations you have for Jackson Arnold. Well, he's got him for himself and we got him for him too. And so we're just going to believe that he's going to do great things here in Norman. And Hey, why not? He's a five-star quarterback. Who's done everything that he could do to be great to this point. And we're going to see him do even greater things as a college football player. And so I, man, I, I kind of love that everybody's kind of leaning into it. It's the same thing we talked about with Patty Gasso, you know, last week, how she was just kind of leaning into the fact that this lineup for Oklahoma softball should be great. And it's going to be great. I kind of like the fact that Brent Venables is leaning into this like expectation that Jackson Arnold, he's going to be great and he's destined for great things. Like there's to me, like I've always believed that you kind of set the bar high a little bit. You, you raise the expectations and the great ones they'll meet and exceed those expectations. If you set low expectations, then people meet low expectations or they don't meet low expectations. So I kind of, I kind of like where Brent Venables is coming from on that front. Um, another one, you know, speaking of a five-star, you know, uh, true freshman from Denton Geyer. Brent Venables had this to say about Peyton Bowen, which I thought was again, potentially telling of uh, a guy who could end up with a role as a true freshman. He said, 
He's beyond his years. Football is easy for him. Schemes are easy for him. He understands ball and he finds the football. Like, what more could you ask for about a true freshman than a guy that understands ball, schemes are easy for him, and the game is easy for him? Like, that, I'm sorry, I've kind of like um, reset my expectations for Peyton Bowen and potentially what he could be for the Sooners in year one. It's crazy to me also like how a year changes things because last year you could barely get him to say anything positive about Jaron Canick, right? Like he would say some things positive and then kind of couch it with, he just doesn't really know what he's doing out there yet. You know what I mean? Like, but here we have a guy talking about his two high, most highly rated recruits and not couching anything, not tampering any expectations at all. Really just the, the whole day itself, right? To even – you know, it's it's unusual in college football to have this much access to all of these newcomers in general. So that alone, I think, shows you and tells you that Brent Venables, yes, is very confident in this group of newcomers. But you're right. I mean, obviously, as you as you compare and contrast it with maybe what we were talking about or hearing a year ago with Jaron Canick compared to now, I mean, we you know, from the rest of the staff got positive things about Canick with just the the way that he was working out and, oh, you know, it's a little bit different than other guys at this stage already of, uh, you know, true freshman coming in as an early signee, early enrollee. That part was different, but yeah, this, this feels like, again, like you said, leaning into it. I, I like the phrasing that you use there that with Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold, yeah, we know these guys are special and we're going to go ahead and set that bar that it's okay for these guys to be special and special very, very quickly. And frankly, probably Brent Venables that comes from a place also of, you know, it's time for us to just expedite. Yeah, I think he said that word too. It's time for us to expedite the process, right? Yeah. You don't really have much room to sit and wait, right? You've got to get these guys ready for the sec. Like you have one year to get everybody ready. And I think you're, you, that might mean you might see, more true freshmen play this year than you did a year ago. You might get to see more, you know, PJ Atabare than you might have uh, this time last year. You might get to see guys like, you know, Lewis Carter, who Brent Venables is very high on Caleb Hicks, a guy that Brent Venables is very high on because of just their athleticism, their physicality, because they want to get these guys kind of up to speed before they make that jump into the sec, which to me is exciting. Like to me, like a fresh, um, injection of energy and talent like that's an exciting thing and if you feel as good about the depth that you have as you're talking about then yeah get those guys on the field get them playing i know you want to you want to redshirt some dudes and you want to be able to save their eligibility for down the road but i mean jackson arnold he's going to be the starting quarterback next year you're you're going into the sec you got to have him ready so whereas we might not have seen nick evers play in 2022 we might not have seen Micah Bowens, man, in 2023, if there's an opportunity for Jackson Arnold to get some snaps, you're going to see Jackson Arnold get snaps. Like any blowout opportunity, he's going to be getting in the game because he, he has to get his feet wet. He's got to get game experience before they throw him out there. Uh, I mean, obviously they won't get, you know, an sec game, their first game out, but before you get them, get him into an actual college football game, at where, where the stakes really matter, you want him to get his feet wet in a blowout where, Hopefully you're on the right side of things, but he's able to get hit, get in there, get some passes going, you know, get hit a little bit, get the feel for the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, and be ready to go when they do get to the SEC. 
uh, a year down the road. So I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like they're going to be a little bit more ready or a little bit more willing to play some true freshmen this year that they weren't necessarily ready to do a year ago. And I think you got guys that are physically ready to do it, uh, whether it is PJ at or, I mean, you saw, I don't know if you saw the note from, from Parker about, you know, Phil Picciotti's weight, like that dude's like six two two thirty already. Uh, as a true freshman, you're like, that guy is ready-made to play middle linebacker at the collegiate level. And Caden Green was like 6'3", or I think it was like 6'5", 315. That dude's ready to play tackle at the college football level. Maybe even you could throw him in there at guard at college at the college football level. So you got guys that you can put out there because they're physically ready or they're mentally ready to get in the game as we're hearing, you know, Brent Meadows talk about Peyton Bowen. Uh, an interesting note re- relative to Peyton Bowen is, you know, he mentioned uh, four players who are going to be factoring in as cheetah players, uh, Justin Harrington, who was Deshaun White's backup a year ago. And then you've got Reggie Pearson, the Texas tech transfer Deshaun McCullough, who we've talked about as a potential fit at uh, cheetah, the transfer from Indiana. And then he also mentioned Peyton Bowen uh, potentially factoring in as a cheetah as well. And, and I think, What's interesting is there's a diverse set of skill sets within those four players that you might see multiple guys play the position, but play it a little bit differently and uh, kind of be deployed a little bit differently. Cause you're not going to p- deploy Deshaun McCullough in the same way that you'll deploy Peyton Bowen. So I, I found, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. Obviously you've got some different options there, which is good. Oklahoma probably didn't have enough comfortable options a season ago so they've got some some wiggle room here to try some things out throughout the spring and figure out where all these puzzle pieces ultimately land I mean right now would be the time of the year where you say okay well here's six names to look at at Cheetah and then you know by the time obviously that you get into to fall camp and then obviously start the season probably that number you get it down to three or four that you feel really really good about right and maybe a couple of those guys wind up at one of the safeties etc etc so I'm not surprised to hear that you have a a bunch of different names sort of auditioning right now at Cheetah. I mean, that's kind of honestly, again, it's it's not surprising, is it? Because I don't know that there was anybody that we looked at and it was just a guaranteed slam dunk with this group. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, I I think Deshaun McCullough is kind of like the name that most people were penciling in there uh, as the starter at Cheetah. But I think it does help that you have a guy like Reggie Pearson that you can throw in there at the position and you feel like physically he can hold up by being a box player. Uh, And then, you know, a guy like Peyton Bowen, I think his skill set more lends him to to be a coverage player at the position. And then Justin Harrington, he's kind of that. I think he can do a little bit of both. He can cover a little bit for you. He can play more kind of traditional linebacker box safety stuff. Uh, So it it is a a diverse set of group or diverse set of guys that even if you, you know, land on one dude as your starter at cheetah, then you feel like, okay, in certain matchups where, Hey, maybe we're playing tech and they're running four and five wide, you know, every, you know, single play, maybe Peyton Bowen is a better option as the cheetah, because he's going to be giving us more from a coverage standpoint. Uh, you're, you're playing against a, you know, a Baylor team that wants to run the football a lot. Well, maybe then you're looking at Deshaun McCullough or Reggie Pearson as the box player for you there, because they're going to be able to, able to hold up a little bit better against the run. So it's just going to be fascinating to, to see how they deploy these guys. And they've got, they've got a lot of versatility. And I think that's one of the intriguing aspects of all the athletes that Brent Venables and his staff have brought in is that it lends you to 
kind of mix and match and see what works out best and and see where some of these guys are going to be be better deployed. I mean, they mentioned Makari Vickers is going to line up as a cornerback, and same with Kendall Dolby. Both those guys will play corner this year uh, for the Sooners, and I think that's a fascinating uh, option. You know, Makari Vickers, like he's a dude that has an outside outside shot to be a starter in year one because he's got the talent and the attitude to kind of be out there on an Island for the Sooners. One other thing that I felt like Brent Venables, uh, one other thing that he said that I thought was very, very intriguing. Um, he said on the linebackers, he said the margin of error is small there, but I love our guys. We made exponential improvement from where we were a year ago. Would you like a little more experience? Absolutely. We can't afford to lose anybody. Um, and he also said, he also said some really glowing things about Jaron Kanick. Um, he said, really excited about where he's at. He says with a smile, according to Eddie Radosevich of Sooner Scoop. So I thought two very interesting things on the linebacker group. We've, we talked like Danny Stutzman, he's a starter for you. And then the rest of it is, okay, we got a bunch of young guys that we really, really like. Who's going to be the guy that steps up and takes on a role? Jaron Kanick is probably most people's favorite to start alongside Danny Stutzman. But man, you got Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis and then Lewis Carter and Samuel Masigo. There's a whole group of dudes that are going to be very important to Oklahoma's linebacker room this season. I can't wait to watch uh, some of all of this play out. You know, obviously there's a couple of names that you feel good about. And then, then there's some unknown really just across the board defensively. I mean, Stutzman is sort of the one name that I'm like, okay, he's definitely going to start for Oklahoma. And then beyond that, it's, you know, I don't know how many guys defensively uh, just lock it up and throw away the key that they're definite starters for Oklahoma I mean I think there's going to be a ton of competition throughout this spring into fall camp and uh, a bunch of these young names that we're talking about these newcomers that people were talking to today from a media standpoint John I think those are going to be difference makers right now this season for Oklahoma so and they need them to be you know ultimately you know based on just a, a quick look at last season's you know scoring defense total defense all those we don't have to rifle through them, but just a quick look at what the results were last year defensively. We need some of these newcomers to step in and be day one difference makers. Yeah. And Brent Venables is expecting that. And he believes that that's going to be the case. And you, you talked about guys who are returning that are, are definite starters. And I think, you know, Billy Bowman's going to be one of those guys at safety, uh, Danny Stutzman at linebacker. And I think probably Ethan Downs too, with the way that he finished the season, I think he'll be one of your defensive end starters, but, and, and Woody Washington. And then outside of that, it's all kind of up in the air and you've got a whole lot of competition that's going to happen. And, and I think that's an okay thing when you're as not so good as they were in 2022, you can afford to kind of clean house and start from scratch and see who takes on, you know, takes on those, those starting roles and those starting spots. And, and you have the kind of the cachet to do so. And everybody's going to understand if you have seven or eight new starters on the defensive side of the ball. So just again, a fascinating day. And, you know, these are just the initial tea leaves. Spring practice is going to start March 22nd. So that's not very far. We're like five weeks out from that. And so as they go through winter workouts and, you know, guys start to stand out on that front, spring ball will come and then, spring game will come and then it'll be like around the corner. We'll have the college football season. Well, I would just say, you know, from a fan standpoint, from a media standpoint, what a cool thing that Brent Venables chose to do. There's not a lot of coaches nationally uh, that necessarily do this. Sometimes it's pretty buttoned up 
you know, with especially new faces in programs. So I think it's really, really cool. And I think it's worth, I think it's worth applauding just Brent Venables, you know, kind of almost taken, dare I say, an NFL approach in the sense that it's like, it's almost as if it was calculated to keep Oklahoma front of our minds in the news to keep stories coming out about his program, which to me, if that was the thought process, uh, I, I think it's brilliant. You know, I always, always be closing, always be recruiting. Or if it's really just as simple as what Brent Venable said, which is, Hey, you want to, you know, with transfer guys anymore, you don't get to see and meet these guys a ton, John. So uh, if it was as genuine as that, then I think it's great that, that Brent Venables did this it really was a cool thing that he and Oklahoma did. Yeah. Uh, and I think Oklahoma's athletic department and their media department always hit a home run. They, they usually do it right. And they hit, they, they do a great job. And the other aspect of this could just be like, Hey, here's your chance to talk to the freshman. You're not going to get another chance. So enjoy it. Uh, so I think everybody did all those guys that were out there, um, you know, at a Owen field. I think it turned out to be a really great day. And there's a ton of content out there. All the player interviews, you can go over to like John Hoover on YouTube and you can check out the player interviews over there. Uh, Parker Thune and those guys over at OU insider also had a lot of the, the content as well. So go check them out. Uh, we'll continue to kind of rifle through some of these things as we watch back and, and catch up on, I mean, again, 25, 26 player interviews and then a, a lengthy Brent Venables press conference. Uh, and we'll continue to give you our takeaways in the next week. But Oklahoma softball is going to have a big weekend for you uh, down there in Waco. Uh, several big time matchups. The Oklahoma women's basketball team will take on Kansas. Uh, Oklahoma men have got, a, you know, several big games coming up down the stretch. So a lot still to transpire uh, with winter sports before we fully transition into spring. And hey, the uh College World Series runner-up Oklahoma men's baseball team will be opening their season this weekend as well. Go to Soonersports.com. You can find all the schedules. Uh, get yourself some tickets. Go watch some good baseball this weekend. Hopefully it's going to be better weather than what it was today. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and subscribing wherever, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're free and available on all platforms. Go check us out over on YouTube subscribe to the show there hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop be here for the live show on monday night 9 p.m central time on youtube where we'll just rifle through your questions your comments talk about the weekend that was for the oklahoma sooners and whatever uh news uh, hits along the way but until next time he's josh helmer i'm john williams we'll talk to you then boomer sooner